What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have the one and only Ron Garrett on the line today. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine, man. Good, good. So you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter. You kind of tackle all trades. You've done it all. Um, You're doing keto now. Just kind of give the audience a quick little bio about you, man. Kind of, you know, what's got you here today, and and just just give them some background. Oh, well, I'm from I'm from uh, Texas originally. Um, I was born in Lufkin, Texas, and um, and you know stayed down there. Lived, you know, born in the hood. So you know, brother brother had to get his chops in to to get out of there and, and do a couple of things. But I was born down there, man, and uh, you know grew up without a father pretty much, and and uh, you know had it fairly tough growing up because we were poor uh american poor i don't i don't claim world poor world poor is way worse than america but if you live in this country you're blessed mm-hmm. even if you're poor but anyway so i you know so i grew up did the standard things you know played a little football every now and then and and uh and you know we got picked on a lot got bullied a lot and i just determined when i was a small kid you know in the back of the comics you would see the um what is that? The uh, the the where the guy kicked the sand in the guy's face, um, and then the, the guy wanted to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So I had always decided when I was a kid that I wanted to be a big guy because I didn't want anybody. Plus, I grew up in domestic abuse. My mother um, got beat on a lot, and I was determined to get bigger so that I could help defend her. So uh, so and that's what I did, man. Uh, it took years but right about 16 man from my 16th year old to 17 year old i had a i put on like 60 pounds over one summer and it was all muscle and um that was before i really started lifting i just had a growth spurt <clears throat> but after that i came back to my hometown a different person i, I wouldn't get bullied no more uh but then i along with that i started getting in a little trouble uh, i was doing things that my mother doesn't even know to this day that i was doing you know, I was breaking into buildings and stuff like that. Uh, I did have a moral code. I wouldn't break into people's houses, you know, but I would break into commercial buildings and stuff like that and started selling a little little marijuana, doing a couple of things. Just started getting in trouble a little bit. Uh, not enough to really get arrested unless I got caught. But um, and I was always smarter than I would say than other people yeah. because I would I would do just enough to get in trouble. And I'd back off when the heat got hot. Um, and a lot of guys couldn't do that. But then I started realizing <clears throat> once I started working, I did odd jobs. I worked for my uncle as a lumberjack. Um, then that was tough because I almost got killed a couple times. Um, but then I started working at a poultry processing plant. And then one day as I was walking to work, I just said, man, it's got to be more to life than this. And I'd look around and I'd see all the people in the hood. And it was just like this daily grind and those people were living there most of their lives, never written more than 100 miles away, you know, um, and never really knew what a vacation was. A vacation was going to some family member's house during the summer, and I just wanted something different. So I went one day and snuck and just signed up for the Army, and my mom didn't like it. She didn't believe in the Army and everything, so I just signed up for the Army, and I joined the Army, man, and went to um, basic training and advanced individual training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Then from there, I went to Korea, which is my second home. I spent about five years in Korea, learned how to speak a lot of the language while I was over there. Um, And that's when I started getting into uh, bodybuilding because, you know, in the Army, 
that we have a real rich history of lifting weights mm-hmm. and exercise and fitness. Um, and I was always one of the guys that the senior leaders would call, even when I was a private, the senior leaders would call me up and have me lead PT. So I, I actually, every unit I was in, I actually was one of the main lead PT instructors. So I would learn a lot from the master fitness guys and I would uh, just get up there and lead PT, man. And my first sergeant, whenever he wanted to punish the uh, uh, first sergeant, who's a real good friend of mine, he's like a father. He, he sort of took the place of my father. Uh, his, his name is uh, First Sergeant Cole, Dennis Cole. And he's still like a father to me this day. Um, whenever he wanted to punish the company for something they did, he would put me up there for PT. <laughs> it, it was funny. He knew you could do it, huh? Oh, yeah. He knew I knew I would put, put him through their paces. And so fitness has just uh, been one of those things. And I got up with this guy, uh, this uh, guy who had been bo- amateur bodybuilding for a long time. And I just started, he said, man, you have a physique already. He said, he said if you just cut, cut down, he said, uh, and I wasn't even lifting at that time. I was doing push-ups. I do like five, six, seven hundred push-ups every other day, but I wouldn't lift. Um, he said, man, if you just started lifting a little bit, he said, you've already got a bodybuilder's physique. So I just started naturally at 19. I started bodybuilding and uh, it came really easy to me, man. I, I know I heard a couple of times on your uh, podcast where you were like, you know, just you were just like a genetic freak, you know, and I'm sort of the same way. I just. It just came naturally for me. It wasn't hard. And I sort of went through the same transition that you did. I got to a certain point and had a few other things got distracted me. And, and then I just started falling off that. I, it, it wasn't as interesting to me anymore. Um, and I didn't pick it back up again until my, my, uh, my early 30s. And then by then, as I look back on it now, I can sort of see that I was starting to become pre-diabetic then now knowing what i know now i was pre-diabetic then because the inflammation was really coming and a whole bunch of other things were happening to me but and then when i started getting to where i couldn't cut weight anymore um that's when i said oh well i just transitioned over to be a power lifter you know because i was already naturally strong so i was started out bench pressing probably about 315 320 and I made it all the way up when I, by the time I was 36, I was been pressing about uh, close to about 550, 560. That's you know? crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was squatting around 770, 780 pounds. Uh, it was funny. My deadlift, which you would think with those numbers, my deadlift would be like 600 or something, right? It wasn't, man. I could never get my deadlift above 445. I don't know why I struggled with deadlift. Uh, and that 445 is nothing to sneeze at, but... With those other numbers, you would think I would be, with my legs being so strong, you would think that I, for whatever reason, my shoulders just never could handle deadlift that great. It is crazy, man. Like, of the three lifts, it seems <clears> like <throat> most people have one that just is always lacking. Like, for me, it's bench pressing. My squats and deadlifts are solid, but my bench press just sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, and that's what's what for me. I would get so mad someday, I would just have to walk out the gym because I would be like, uh, my boy was like, man. He said, there's no way that's all you can deadlift. And I was like, I don't know why. I don't know if it, it could have been mental because sometimes things will just mess with you. I knew in my head that I, I struggled to deadlift. But, um, but you know, bench press is my thing, you know, because I'm built for it. I've got sort of a barrel chest and I've got, you know, my arms are not as long as other people's arms. So I'm sort of bent, built from bench press. And so, so I love it, man. And then probably around um, – 35, 36 is when I started really getting sick, 
that happened to be when I was my strongest. But then sometime after that, man, I just started going downhill. I started getting lethargic, getting sleepy, getting tired, and I just didn't want to go to the gym anymore. And I'd go to the doctors, and the doctors would say that it was just me getting older, you know. And they would say, you know, arthritis, you've been lifting all your life, so it's arthritis and this and this and that. And, you know, so I sort of just went into a depression for a little while, and really no one knew because I wasn't that type of person that shared my emotions. Um, thank God I have a wife who's very understanding. Um, but then um, I gave my life to God in, when I turned 38 because I was just going through me and my wife were probably on the verge of divorce. Um, she didn't know it, but I, you know, she knows now because we've talked about all about it. But it just things just weren't going good. And um, I had to just start it taking into account. I start I started smoking weed real heavily again after I got out of the army and everything. I started smoking weed real heavily again. Started um, never graduated to other drugs, but started smoking real heavily. Even while I was lifting, man, I would lift high as a kite. But one of the best things that ever happened to me was I got arrested. Um, and when I got arrested for having weed in my car, that was sort of the turning point because I started looking at my life and I said, you're exactly where you accused people back in your family and your friends. The reason that you ran, you joined the army to get away from, you're exactly right in that spot at the beginning of that spot. Now you need to make a change. And so I, uh, I gave my life to God, my whole family. We dedicated our lives uh, to doing doing the right things. And ever since then, man, um, everything's been great uh, except for my health. My health continued to go downhill, continued to go downhill. And the doctors would be like, oh, well, we don't know. We don't uh, we can't figure it out. Uh, try to do this. Of course, the standard American diet is what they would prescribe for you. Yeah, your blood sugars are high and they kept creeping up every year. Until finally, about four or five years ago, I became pre-diabetic. And so I started losing weight. It didn't go away. And then this past year, man, I got full-blown diabetes. And I just started praying, like, Lord, you know, what's going on? I'm doing all this stuff that they're telling me to do. Nothing works. I'm exercising. I couldn't exercise all the time because I was so inflamed. But I would try. And I could at least walk. So I'd go out and walk for an hour, sometimes two hours, man, to try to outwalk uh, whatever was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I'd get back in the gym. I'd get to feeling better, man, and get my strength back up. And as soon as I got back to about 450, 460, 500, or close to 500 on the bench press, all of a sudden my body would just shut down again. And uh, like I said, having hindsight now, I realized it was all of the glucose that was in my body. Um, but at that time, you don't know. And then I'm dealing with VA doctors, not to knock on them, but uh, they have to follow the protocols tighter than anyone. So they're not willing to go outside of the box for anything. So finally, man, um, uh, I, I just had a breakdown probably uh, in September of last year. And I just prayed, man. I had a day just prayed. And I, I, I just said, hey, God, can you figure, help me figure out what's going on? And then about a week later, my wife came home one day and this good friend of mine at church, uh, Scott Silcox, he uh, he is like my even though he's younger than I am, I'm a youth leader also. Uh, and he's the one that got sort of got me in the youth leader, his family, his dad took uh, took me under his wing 
um, and they don't mind me talking about them, so so it's not a big deal. And uh, but he took they took me under their wings in youth leadership and started uh, mentoring me in my faith. Um, so she came home one day, and it's almost like God knew what to tell her because she said that Scott's been doing this thing called keto. And I was like, I'm not doing that crap. I, I know a little bit about keto. I'm not doing that and everything. But then I start realizing that a lot of times in my life, my wife is right. <laughs> you know, I oh, may not man. like it. <laughs> Don't let her listen I to this. Like it, <laughs> but she's right. And so I just, um, I just said, okay, let me. And I'm the type of person, I'm like you and, and Danny and all that. When I find something, I'll just dive into it. There's no half-stepping. I'm not going to sit up here and take my time. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I say I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to cheat because I have that bodybuilding background where I have a goal. Once I make a goal, then in the military, you know, you have goals. So I started uh, October the 16th was when I started. Uh, I was 300, about 337, 340 pounds. Um, and now seven months later, I'm, I've lost about 70 pounds. And um, and now I can work out again. All that inflammation is gone. When I went in, my HbA1c was anywhere between close to eight to eleven. It just depends on what which test you're looking at. I can't remember which one, but now my A1c is about five, right at five. Um, and I had it's been uncontrolled for years. You know, blood pressure was high as a kite, uncontrollable the last like five years. And now it's manageable. Um, and all of my biomarkers for disease, all of them are normal. It's like I'm 30 years old again, you know. And, How's it and, feel uh, in the gym? Oh, man. The young cats come up there, and, and they're scared to death to even work out next to me, man. You know, because they can't <laughs> believe, because I keep my head shaved most of the time, and I keep my, if I let my beard grow out a little bit, it's gray. Mm -hmm. So I keep it shaved, and my wife and my daughters call me the silverback. Because, you know, when I let it grow out, I look like a, uh, they say I look like a big silverback gorilla. And um, and so, uh, so stay, but, oh, man, my workouts are awesome, man. I mean, I can work out all day if I wanted to. I have to, I have to actually make myself get out of the gym. And how old uh, are you now? I'm 51. 51. So you just, you just stumbled on the, the fountain of youth with keto, sounds like. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, bro, bro. I'm telling you. I, I don't even understand how, especially if you're a powerlifter, bodybuilder, or even just an athlete, and you're at that age where you feel like that, oh, it's just going downhill. I, my, the main thing I would tell people, man, hey, investigate keto. At least you're worth, worth it to give yourself a month and a half of a try, just a month and a half, because if you can do, do that, you're going to see a big difference. And that's what happened to me, man. And I mean, I'm I'm able to work out work out like a beast again, man, and and um and I've actually cut back on my workout some, and I'm still able to work out super hard. I what the weirdest thing is, like I just had a, like a two and a half week break because um I take like a week or two off sometimes to give my body a rest after a certain amount of training, and I and normally though when you come back, you know that soreness you get that's mm -hmm. real bad when you first come back, brother. I was scared to death something was wrong with me because. I didn't get that soreness. Really? I had a little soreness, but it was nothing like I've experienced over the years, you know, because, you know, you get into that pattern. You you know how your body's going to react as a bodybuilder and a powerlifter. You know that if you take a certain amount of time off, this is what you expect because you're so in tune with your body that um, 
you know what you're going to expect. And I kept waiting for the shortage to come. And I said, well, man, I guess I didn't work out hard enough. So when I had the second two-week break, I started sort of understanding it's because my body is so clean that, yes, I'm going to get a little soreness, but I'm not going to have that soreness where I can't raise my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's all because it's just my body's so clean now. And, man, I wish I had discovered this when I was um, – I would have been a keto bodybuilder back in the day had I known this, you know, because the muscle is more pure. I've heard you talk about this at nauseum. The muscle is so pure. And you don't have to spend all the time cutting down. You don't have to stress about making sure, looking at the clock, making sure you eat every uh, two hours, three hours. Because um, that was a big stress, man. You know, when you're trying to bodybuild, that's a big stress, having to make sure you're in the middle of something that you really shouldn't be eating. And you're like, excuse me, I got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, man. That, that was the story of my life before I would just interrupt people mid-sentence back, whoop. Time to eat. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard you talk about that, man, and I was sitting up here just rolling because I was like, I've been there, and that's what I love about your show. So anyway, how I got to you was um, when I started keto back in October, um, I was just looking up on the internet, uh, and one of my friends told me about these guys. I don't know if you know the two keto dudes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, they were talking about this thing, this keto fest thing, and I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, and they get ready to have another one too, Carl and Richard. And I've sort of been in contact with them a little bit too, but uh, not not like Danny. I don't I don't I keep up with them a lot. I still listen to all their podcasts and everything. But how I got to you was someone on there talked about Brian, uh, keto keto evangelist. Mm-hmm. And then I started, I went back and I'm OCD. So I had to go back and listen to all the podcasts from the beginning, just like I did with yours. I went back and listened <laughs> to all the podcasts from the beginning because I figured I'm going to miss something, you know, yeah. and sure, sugar. I'm glad I did go back and listen to all of your podcasts because I got some tips and stuff on, on some stuff that I was dealing with injury wise, uh, mm-hmm. from over the years of doing, doing things. Well, I can't remember the guy that was on your show and, there was a tip he gave, and it was my elbows. I had my elbows turned a certain way, and he was talking about how people – I can't remember about how they do curls or something like that and how they're doing it wrong or whatever. And so I just went in and just tweaked my curls, and now I don't have that pain in my elbow anymore. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, man. If I hadn't went back and listened to all of your shows – and he wasn't specifically talking about lifting. He was just talking about, in general, alignment and something like that. That's what it was. I can't recall the guy's name. Michael, I probably. Wrote it down. Huh? Michael probably I had him on. He's a physical therapist and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's him. I think that's it, man. And so, so when you when you're doing these shows, man, please believe that, like you always say, if I can only help one, trust me. There's times when I listen and and I go out and I apply these things. And like I said, I'm an old school guy. I, I if you want to know my lifting style, my lifting style is sort of the C.T. Fletcher. I don't know if you know C.T. Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. C.T. Oh, Fletcher's yeah. that, my jam. That's actually... Huh? What'd you say? That, he's my jam, man. I, I love C.T. Fletcher. Oh, yeah, man. And, and But see, C.T. Fletcher, if you want to know how I lift, that's how I lift. <laughs> you know, so... And um, I just don't... I just don't... I don't... I don't... I'm not as colorful as he is. Let me <laughs> say that. It does, but it doesn't bother me. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm not one of these crude guys. That's the, I've been around the army. I've been around my neighborhood. I mean, I'm still as a, a youth leader. I work in inner city ministry, um, and that's something I want to talk about a little bit later too. Because 
we need keto to hit the inner cities because that that and and the church man the church is fat brother yeah the church is fat it, there's and, a and, there's a lot of sub demographics man and you oh, you don't man. even think about it like the other day crystal and i went to a play and i love theater and we went to like a live play you know and and nobody in the audience looked athletic nobody looked like they trained they were all overweight and it's just like you you like we we associate so much with the other athletes but then if you remove yourself from the typical you know situation or surrounding of that athletic community and you just go into just a normal standard like some other demographic it's like wow mm. they they could really benefit from this information too oh yeah bro cuz when i'm at work man and when i see somebody come by and they have that belly that i had that big belly and you can look at them and tell that they're walking. They got a little bit of pain in them. And now I judge people when I come through, and they never know it because I'd ever say anything. But I can look at them and I'm like, man, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Man, just just let me talk to you. I feel that way, but I don't say that because it's the same way when I share my faith. I would rather live my life and show you the example of my faith and let you come to me. Um, if I'm living my life correctly, you'll come to me and ask questions. Well, it's the same thing in the keto world. Yeah. Um, I've got now at work, um, um, it's probably about this this one guy, a friend, a guy that started keto because he saw me lost so much weight, Jason. His whole little shop down there in the basement, they're actually doing it. And, and I work in a, a, a secure building. And his the whole people, I work for the government, but I'm a contractor. And in his area... He said, they call me the king of keto. I didn't know this till a couple weeks ago. We've been dealing with this. Uh, I've been sort of helping people with keto for a while now. But they, he came up a couple weeks ago and brought another guy up who's starting. And um, then he got a couple of girls down there. And that's all because they saw him lose weight. And he was like, no, 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 no. I learned from this guy who works upstairs. <laughs> so so I didn't even know down there, man, that they were calling me the king of keto in my building down there. But it was so cool because this guy came out, and uh, he just – I saw him, and he's actually a member of my gyms. I, you know, I work out at Bender's Gym here in Huntsville. And um, he actually came in one day, and we were just talking, and he was interested in learning how to lift. And um, – and so we just got to talking and just find out that we liked each other and everything. And fast forward to when I started, I had retired a couple of years ago, early retirement from the federal government. Um, and I didn't work for like two years, man. I just stayed home and took care of my wife who had developed breast cancer. And uh, she's fine now. Everything's good. But when I went back to work, he happened to be working in my building. He came to work up there and he saw me drop all that weight. And he was like, wow, man. He said, how'd you do that? So that was sort of the beginning of me starting to help people with keto. And right now, I estimate that I'm probably mentoring between between my family, uh, work, and online because people will just hit me up in the forums and stuff like that. I'm probably helping 50, 60, 70 people right now, man. And, and, and I don't say that as a braggadocious thing or nothing like that. I'm not getting paid to do any of this stuff. I do it because the trainer in me, it's very easy for me to transition and help people. It's awesome, it, man. Yeah, and it's what I like to do. Um, I mean, I may one day do like you guys do, uh, do and, and turn it into something that I can, so I can sort of focus on it more. Um, I may do that. I may transition, get you know, pick you guys' brains to do that. But right now, I, I enjoy my life, man. I have a beautiful wife, two beautiful kids. Um, I have an awesome church family, man, who I'm going to try to really work. There's a lot of us that are doing keto already, but... Um, 
I'm not afraid to put my voice out there. And now every time someone sees me, they're like, wow. Because I've always been that big guy that people are like, you know, you sort of walk away from because they know that I'm, they know I'm a pretty tough guy and all that. But, but I've always sort of been, like my nephew says, fat swole. Fat you know? swole. <laughs> yeah, he, that's what my nephew Gerard says. Hey, uh, because I, like I said, I was a powerlifter. I couldn't lose weight anymore. So, so I would be big and look, look, uh, look impressive, but. I knew it was fat. Everybody else thought it was muscle. And I'm like, no, man, this is fat. So, so real everybody. quick, man, I want to dive into that. What, like, because you've only recently been doing keto for like the past seven months, eight months. Yeah. Prior to when you put on most of your mass, you know, like what, like how much were you eating? Like, were you tracking macros? I mean, what was your food consistent of? Like, how did you just put on all that sheer mass? No, I actually, you know, it's funny. That's why I say, um, I, uh, my family, my entire family is obese. So I was like an anomaly in my family, you know, and it probably came from my dad's side um, because my dad's side, they weren't obese. They were just sort of big guys. But I would just eat um, four. you know, when when I wasn't cutting, I'd eat four, five, six thousand calories a day. And I don't even really know what my macros because I didn't even know. I just really I followed Arnold Schwarzenegger's sort of eating plan. Um, because you know, they, those guys would eat those old school bodybuilders. They would eat four five, 6,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. you know? And that's all I did. And I just made sure I had enough meat. I ate all, I ate pretty much everything I wanted to eat. So, um, and you know, I'd go to the mess hall, I would eat lunch and then I would go and, and have food in my room. I just made sure I ate every, uh, two to three hours. And it wasn't a certain macro point. I made sure I got a lot of protein. I was probably getting, you know, four or five, 600 grams of protein a day. Uh, I mean, for each, probably for, uh, yeah, probably, probably at least four or five, 600 grams a day, you know, which is a lot, but you don't know no different when you're eating that. I'm eating these huge 18, 18 ounce steaks, three, four, five burgers at a, at a sitting, you know, did you feel like you were force feeding yourself? Like, was it uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But, that was what you had to do to get bigger, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, I reminisce, man. Like, I used to do the same thing. I was eating, like, 6,000 calories a day. And you get to a point where you're force-feeding yourself and you don't want to take another bite, but you do. And, I mean, I would, like, puke just simply because my body was just so full of food, didn't want to take any more in. And, I mean, shoot, that's almost as hard as dieting down for a competition, like, the both ends of the spectrum, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and it's so... It, Dude, I, I had tears in my eyes when you were talking about your eating disorders and stuff because that's what a lot of people don't know about me is that I had, I had, I, I wouldn't say it was complete eating disorder, but I was starting to really develop some stuff. And right now, even now, I think it's called dysmorphia where you, when you look in the mirror, you can't really, like, I don't look like I've, to me, I don't look like I've lost weight. Mm-hmm. I have to look at a picture. But if I look in the mirror, I can't tell. I happened to take a picture in the gym the other day, and I refused to take any pictures or do anything. I just started taking pictures again because I feel like I look decent enough now to start taking pictures. But my wife kept telling me all this weight I was losing, and I kept looking in the mirror, and I'm like, no, I haven't lost nothing. you know. And I knew on the scale I had lost weight. But back in the day, I would actually get to where I would eat, and I'd feel so bad that I would sort of throw up. Mm-hmm. you know. And then, Or... I would just, I, like when I was dieting, a lot of times I would get to the point to where I would self-sabotage because I would just be like, screw this. And because you feel so miserable. And um, I would just 
just go ahead and especially after competition, man. I, I mean, I would eat, I would eat ten thousand calories sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, and, and put on like you said, man. It was so cool. I, your life when you talk about your history, all you have to do is say, "My name is Ron Garrett," and that's what it sounded like, man. Except for I, I wasn't at the level where, that you reached at because, like I said, I was in the military, but. Everything that you say and that you talk about as far as like your history, when you're talking about dieting, when you talk about how you force fed yourself, all these things, that's why I relate to you so much, man, because I was like, this dude, man, is just, he's telling my story. It's, it's, this, this is what I did. And when you started talking about eating disorders, you know, men, we don't talk about that stuff that often. Yeah. You know, if we're scared to. When ladies will put their feelings out like that, men, you don't want to be looked at as a sucker um, and soft, so you don't want to put that out there, man. But I'm starting to realize that as the more I talk to these men that I'm dealing with, a lot of them have the same eating problems, eating disorders and stuff that we did. And a lot of times that's what leads to them getting fat, you know, mm-hmm. it's because you damage your body so bad that um, um, that you end up you end up damaging metabolism so bad. That's why you end up putting on you kill your testosterone by this stuff, uh, dieting so much and all that. So, but anyway, bro, I know I sort of got out and went down a rabbit hole, but. <laughs> no, no, not at all, man. I think it's really good to just be open and honest. I mean, for one, from a personal level, it allows you to kind of, you know, being open and honest with yourself and others allows you to make the next step in improvement. Plus, if it's happened to you, it likely is happening to others, and you can be a, a light, a guiding light for somebody that might be going through something similar. Um,. Cause, I mean, there's so many guys that have reached out to me after I put my whole eating disorders out there in the public, and you know that helped them move to the next step and kind of get over that. And that's what it's all about, man. Like just paving it forward. I mean, there's there's been several things in life where I've felt lost, but then hearing somebody that's gone through something similar has helped me kind of, you know, because it, it's easy to feel like you're like an exception to the rule or like you're like this excluded person and and nobody can relate to you, but when other people are going through the same thing, they put it out there in the public. It's just like, wow, you know, there's, I'm not the only one that's going through this. And, and knowing that, knowing that you're not alone, it, it gives you hope, you know, to, to keep pushing yeah. forward. Yeah, brother. I'm telling you. And it's so funny because yesterday I, I, I was so excited, man. I was like fanboying because, uh, I was fanboying because I said, man, I was telling my buddy Philip and he had heard of you, uh, this guy named Philip Robertson in my gym. He's the manager of our gym. And, we talk about keto and stuff every time, just about any time I'm in there, because like I said, I'm, I'm one of the guys, I'm the strong, I'm probably the strongest guy in my gym, even though I'm the oldest, I'm one of the older ones. But Philip, um, we were talking about it yesterday and, and, uh, and I told him, I said, man, this keto savage, man, because Philip is a young guy and he's coming up with his, his fitness. He's a trainer also. But, um, I told him, I said, man, uh, we were talking about how some people are scared to go 100% keto. So I was telling them about you. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, you should see this guy. I said, and and he, I said, and he he is 100% keto. And I, now, aren't you the only one that you know of that's competing? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of people that'll try and do keto very intermittently, like towards the end of their prep. But I don't yeah. really know of many. They're, they're starting to become more now, you know, like starting yeah, to get yeah. more popularity now. But there aren't too many competitors that have done keto through their off-season contest prep, peak week, post-show, the full nine yards. I mean, I've been nothing but strict keto for like the past four years now, three and a half, wow. four years. So like I have no 
need, desire, or intention to reintroduce a bunch of carbs again. Oh, bro, I know. And it was so funny. On Mother's Day, my family was over here, and uh, and my wife my and my daughter and another young lady that was over here, we were talking about it. Um, and because they've all, they've all gotten on keto, uh, and my youngest daughter and her husband sort of dabbles now and then. They low-carb it. They, they're not really keto. They low-carb it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like me. She's My youngest daughter is like me. She's blessed with the uh, genetics. You know, so she's probably not going to really suffer until she gets like 30 something, (laughs) you know, because I mean, I could eat what I wanted to up until about 32. But we were talking about that. And then we've been planning. We have a family, a big family cruise coming up uh, in November. And I just categorically told everybody that because normally when you go on a cruise, what do you do? You you graze like cattle Mm -hmm. for a week. And I told them straight up, I said, no, nah, man. I said, uh, I'm staying keto the whole time because it's more to me. It's not. It really was never about weight loss because as a power lifter, you didn't really need to look that great. Mm-hmm. And I had sort of settled into that. It for me, it was uh, I don't even know if I said mentioned. Oh, I did mention that I went diabetic. But I, yeah, I reversed my type two diabetes. And for me, that was a bigger deal than if I had never lost another pound. Uh, that was the biggest deal for me because I didn't have to go on statins. They were trying to put me on statins. They were trying to put me on uh, uh, metformin and a couple of other diabetes medicines because my blood sugar was like starting to skyrocket. The last time I had checked, it was 7.8, but uh, I had heard my doctor or somebody say it was around 11, which is like super, super high. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I told my, tell my wife, now even to this day, I tell my wife, who sort of goes in and out, she's the last month or so, she's been strict, but um, I'm sort of I'm such a, a a butthole sometimes that I'll tell my wife, "Don't be telling people you're keto." Yeah, you tell people that you're semi keto because I don't want someone looking at you saying that, "Oh, she's keto. I can eat that and eat this and that." And and that's I love about my wife because we have the type of relationship to where. We don't get mad at each other by being straight up with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the people at her work, at, that she works at our church, and the people at work said, your husband told you that? And she's like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have no sympathy, not even for me. <laughs> That's good, though, man. Like you, that way there's no flirting the, the line. You know, it is what it is. Well, it's like, you know, when you, you see someone that says they're a Christian and they're out in public uh, uh, uh whoremongering, doing a whole bunch of stuff that, that Christians, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put my faith up there because let's say you're a Muslim and you're not supposed to be drinking, but you got, you're down at the corner thing drinking. You're out there and you're like, oh, okay, that's what a Muslim is. Well, I can do that. Well, that's what people do when you're, when you're saying you're keto, you're representing this keto brand and what we represent, but you're out here eating cake mm-hmm. in front, you know, well, don't tell everybody you're keto. You say, "Hey, I'm quasi keto." I'd rather you say something like that. Don't, don't sit up there and say what I, because I live this thing now, and I believe in this thing because it's helped me. And I'm not trying to be funny or nothing like that. This is how I live my life. So when I say I, I'm something, that's what I am until until I say otherwise. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, my wife would tell you, man. I don't even play with it, and they couldn't believe it because. She said, no, he's a different animal when it comes to something. And, and and it's not because I'm that tough or this or that. It's just because that's just the way I am, man. And I think most of us bodybuilders and powerlifters, military guys, all those type of people, we're just sort of, we have that mindset, man. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Like bodybuilding mindset, 
and I'm, like I said, I, I'm sure it carries over to like military and powerlifting as well. But it's just like a whole nother level of discipline and dedication, that, and nothing else can come to it. And like, I, I don't want to think of like food, you know, as a religion. Like, I don't want people to become so emotionally attached to their food. But at the same time, like, I want to, you know, really portray that, you know, true to what I'm putting out there as my lifestyle and my my just day to day. And with regard to like you know, cheating on keto and getting out and kind of, you know, grazing. Like, I'm going to go on a cruise next week, and you better believe I'm going to be eating keto the whole time. Like, staying true <laughs> to what I'm eating and, and saying I'm eating. And just, like, to me, the way I feel, just the optimization that comes with it, that, to me, is worth far more than that simple, you know, momentary tasting of sweet foods. Like, it's not worth it to me, you know? Yeah, I got you, brother. And yeah, I, I'm the same way, man. And, and it's so funny because that wouldn't have been my mindset, you know, seven months ago. Um, you know, now it would have been during certain times in my training back in the day. Certain mm-hmm. times you couldn't get me to eat eat uh, uh, anything. You couldn't get me to eat a donut or anything during certain prep times. But after that, it was all balls to the wall, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I just, you know, I just don't see that because I'm so happy. I feel so blessed to be where I'm at health-wise right now i mean and i mean i could up and die tomorrow who knows you know but at least i've given myself a, a fighting chance now i truly believe uh, uh, you know savage I, i'm telling you man i truly believe and honestly believe that as i study this deal and learn more about diabetes and pre-diabetes and the heart disease that comes with it i can sort of see myself down the road maybe a year or two dying of a heart attack and now my heart is so strong because I mean it's almost like I've never even done any damage to it, you know. And that's, that's and, too freaking cool, man! Like congrats to that. Yeah, man, and and, and like I said, my the, you know my blood glucose and all that stuff, man, everything's just straight. Why would I want to go and mess that up with carbs? Yeah, you know, you got enough chances to be able to accidentally eat some carbs and have something go wrong. So I just you know, realize that that's going to happen. I realize that when I go on that cruise, I may eat something with a sauce on it or something that I think is keto, and I may actually get a few carbs in that, but it's going to be accidental. It ain't going to be because, like, I love the ice cream on a cruise ship, but I fully realize this time I won't be eating no ice cream, man. I just don't do it. And that's all, that was one of my favorite things on a cruise. I'd eat, like, 8, 10, 15 ice creams a day, Yeah, you know? Because I love that soft serve, but it's just not worth it to me, man. You know, it's just not worth it to me. I, and plus, another thing, I know that if I eat because I've accidentally ingested some carbs, hey, it ain't good for the next day. Yeah. You suffer the next day, man. I ate some ribs, and I thought the sauce was sweet. Man, the next day I was sick to my stomach. I put on five pounds of water weight. And so I said, I won't be eating at that place again. So, And that's what I do now is trial and error. If I accidentally get something, I just it's like I have to stay away from peanut butter because peanut butter is just for whatever reason it's just my it's my jam and I get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And even the natural stuff, man, I have to stay away. I just stay away from it, man. And so now I have a rule with my wife: I can only have those treats like once a month. And when I have those treats once a month, the sugar-free ones, I have to eat it on one day, and then that's it. Yeah. The rest of it, you do whatever with everybody else. She makes this keto pound cake for me. I have it one day, and I'm done. Because if I keep eating it, it's like it gets – because I don't want to be put into such a box that I can't 
have something that I want to have every now and then. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know me, and I don't I don't ever want to get out of control again, man, because I have that addictive type personality. The only thing I sort of want to be addicted to from here on out is my faith and the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Can't it. go wrong there, man. Yeah, my faith in the gym, man. If if I do that, but uh, and and that's a, that's brings me to another thing, man. Just like we were talking about the health, man. Like I said, um, in our in, in my my church and in the churches around the world, as I go visit these different churches and stuff, man, I just look at how how big people are, man. I remember back in the day, uh, you know, how, how you you're pretty young, twenty six, yeah. How old you, how how old are you if you don't mind me asking? Twenty six. All right. The deal is, man, when I was growing like, since you've been growing up, you've sort of gotten used to seeing people that were heavier, right? Mm-hmm. You know? But you realize when I was growing up, a person that was chubby was an anomaly. Yeah, not anymore. An anomaly, man. And, and I mean, you know, that person was going to get picked on because he, was, he, he or she stood out so different from everybody else. No one was fat back when I grew up, except for a few people. You know, and 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 you look around today; it's almost flipped. It's rare to see someone that's really healthy. Mm-hmm. It's sad, and, man. And, it's sad. Oh, dude, and it's all because of how the dietary guidelines got published back in the seventies, and telling us to eat more carbs because the food industry had its hand in there. So you can tell, man. I've been into I've been into the rabbit all the rabbit holes now, and I was infuriated, man. But going back to what I was saying, I worked with inner, uh, inner city ministry urban rangers and they're actually going to hear this whenever if and whenever you pocket you publish this i'm actually we're going to sit down and listen to this because i want them to understand that and my name is commander ron in there it's not big black my nickname is big black and and i'll tell you how i got to that (laughs) but um but my name in there is commander ron it's a program called urban rangers and urban impact girls urban rangers are the boys urban impact is girls and it's basically an inner city ministry and, you know, I, I'm i in there because I want to help these young black kids that have, uh, I work with all children of all races, don't get me wrong, but that ministry is close to my heart because it's young black men like me, mostly that 90, 95% of them don't have fathers at home. And I know that feeling, you know, 100% because I grew up without a father. Um, so I love working in that ministry because I'm able to tell them that, hey, you don't have to take shortcuts. You don't have to join a gang. You don't have to do all these things. Um, and, and I'm able to go out into the neighborhood, sit with the gang members, the drug dealers and everything, because, you know, I, I was on that same path. So um, but lately I started looking at my kids, man. And when I go over to their houses to pick their kids up, I'm looking at their parents. Everybody is fat. Everybody is fat. And, you know, black folk, we have an even higher disposition uh, of getting diabetes and, and, and dying of a heart attack. We have an even higher disposition because of our native ancestry history, African history. We weren't used to eating carbohydrates, man. Our physiology even deals with it worse than Caucasians do. Yet, that's all we eat, processed foods. You know, EBT cards, that's all you can get half the time. They don't want you buying Whole Foods on EBT cards, mm-hmm. you know. They want you to eat processed junk, you know. I grew up on welfare, you know. I refuse to be on welfare now, but I grew up on welfare, um, you know. But uh, I, I I, wanted, the first thing I wanted to do, that's why I turned on, I wanted to get out of that mindset 
because you depend on the government to do something for you that you can do for yourself. You know, so anyway, that's what I'm doing now. I, along with me teaching them about God, I also teach these kids about nutrition. And I just started doing that. Um, and their parents give me a lot of leeway with them because I'm like a father to the fatherless. I have a lot of, I got probably about total about 400 kids that I mentor off and on uh, between that service and all the other services. And then the ones that have went through the youth leadership at our church and all that. Uh, some are in college now and all that, man. And it's a cool thing. But the one thing that we don't talk about in the church or in the black community, I can't speak to any other community, but I can talk about the black community. We don't talk about um, nutrition. So so yeah. what is like a, like, you know, worst case scenario, you know, low income black community? What 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 are, what's the typical day of eating like for them? Like what are they eating on a day-to-day basis with, with what they're getting from the EBT cards and whatnot? Oh, man, first thing you're going to do is get up and eat some sugary cereal. You're going to eat some sugary cereal with some juice, some kind of sugary juice. That's like a week's worth of daggum carbohydrates right there mm-hmm. just for breakfast. And then then if it's during the school year, they go to school and guess what they're eating at school? They've done packed, uh, uh, they've packed probably 1,000 grams of carbohydrates. And then, then they're eating pizza and stuff like at school. Then they come home, and then when you, you're going back to eating the regular diet, they're eating the same thing for dinner. They eat potatoes, macaroni and cheese, um, all of these high-carb foods, and they think that it's the chicken and the whatever that's killing them. And I'm like, no, it's, that's not killing you. The chicken and whatever is not killing you. It's, it's all the stuff you got on the sides, you know? Mm-hmm. And and and, the, and then if they do have some vegetables in there, it's normally um, they normally put some kind of sweet sauce on it. They even add sugar to your to collard greens for God's sake. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, and now you know it's so funny. Seven months ago, I never even thought about that, man. But since I've done all this research myself, it makes sense. It clicks to me now. I even understand how we get there is because. We've been all of the education that we receive in this country is funded by on nutrition is funded by the sugar industry and the food industry and the grain industry. Mm-hmm. So they're going to always slant it towards the stuff that they sell us. And we don't even realize that we're being marketed to every day. You know, I, I look at when I watch TV now, brother, I get so mad. My wife has to take the remote control because I want to throw it at the TV when I see the market, when I now because I didn't know I was being marketed to before, but now I know I'm being marketed to. Mm-hmm. And it really makes me mad, man, because that's what's and, – and I just don't understand how – well, I'm not going to say that. I, I will say that. I'm going to say I've got to do my part. I've got to be like you. I've got to be like Danny and Brian and, and two keto dudes. And I've got to be like you guys and do my part to help people. There's no use in me in lamenting over the fact that these big pharma, big food, big sugar are going to do the right thing uh, because they're not. They're in it for the profit. I have nothing against profit. I'm a profiteer. I have nothing against making a profit. But make an honest profit is yeah. all I'm saying. You know, be honest with people, you know, and that's where, the, that's where I have to divide with those those entities is because they're not dealing with us honestly. You know, they're they're showing you one hand over here and then slapping you with the other. And and that's just it's not right to me. 
I was but, talking to uh, somebody the other day, and they were at a, a diabetes organization, like some kind of fundraiser. I forget the details, but they were at a fundraiser for diabetes. And one of the big sponsors that was there was Jelly Beans. <laughs> wow. You know, it's, wow. it's just it's just hypocritical almost. Oh, dude, that, that's, I mean, that's sad. See, stuff like that gets me. Man, if you could have checked my blood pressure just then, it jumped up probably 100 points, man, because <laughs> I'm like, the very enemy of a diabetic is sugar, and you're in here sponsoring that? But, I mean, it's par for the course because I see that as I study. I listen to about, uh, on a daily basis, and I probably listen to like two podcasts between, you know, you, Brian, uh, Two Keto Dudes, and all these other ones. I probably listen to two or three podcasts a day because I'm blessed to have a job that I can do that once I get I'm, get most of my work done. But then on the weekends when I work, I'm able to, I watch a lot of lectures. I go into more technical stuff. Uh, Dr. Finney, uh, uh, Finney and Volick, um, uh, Tim Noakes, uh, Nina the tie shows, you know, then, you know, after I get all my work done, of course, I'm gonna pull up Keto Savage to, to you know, see what he's saying today. <laughs> you know, Danny Vega posts, he posts a million times a day, thank God. So I'm always entertained with him, you know, and uh, but that's what I do, man. And, and it's like I'm trying to soak all this stuff up like a sponge so that I can not hold it, but give it back out to other people. And and um, and, you know, but uh, that's why I'm so thankful for people like you, man, because, uh, you know, and I don't say that to try to blow smoke up your rump or nothing like that, man. I say it because I mean it. Anyone that knows me, man, if we ever meet, anyone around me would tell you I don't give out compliments lightly. I don't give praise out lightly. You know, uh, I give it out when it's due. And that's the military guy. in me. When you give praise out when it's due. You don't give it out just because you want to ingratiate yourself to somebody. If I never do anything with this deal except for just help the local people here, that's good enough for me. I don't have to become some big broadcaster or do something like this. I thought of Ben Danny and I talked about that. And Brian, we talked about that. Maybe there's something down the road. But that's not my goal, man. My goal is to keep someone from dying. Mm-hmm. To get someone that that has a low low self confidence to lose, I did the same thing when I was training people. Man, I took this one kid at my church, Daniel. I took him, and all he wanted to do was walk to the beach the next summer with a little confidence. And I said, "Dude, give me three months. If you promise me for three months you'll keep your mouth quiet and do what I tell you to do, you will go down to the beach this summer with confidence." Three months, man. He went from bench pressing about eighty five pounds up to bench pressing well over 200-something pounds, and he put on size in just three months. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's the same thing with this keto thing, man. If you would just listen to me and do what I'm telling you to do, get just get out your head, uh, you know, you may not have the same results someone else has, but you'll have the results that were made for your body. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's huge right there. You know, we can't all yeah. compare ourselves to others, but being the best that you can be with the resources you've got, I mean, that's something everybody should be working on daily. Yeah, man, I put out a post uh, on Instagram. Like I said, my wife has me doing it more. The gist of it was I just started talking about cheating because I don't understand the cheating mentality. When you say you have a goal, it was just a suggestion if you're going to cheat because it wasn't really a goal. Because to me, when you set a goal, you're not going to let you're not going to be easily deterred from a goal. So I put on there about cheating. uh if cheating was not a part of your stated goal from the beginning, then why are you actively pursuing it? 
you know, it must you must have not been either sincere in your goal. I'm now I'm not talking about it's not going to be hard. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're not going to slip. But I'm saying when you're actively out there just knowing when you have the moment to stop and think, wow, I don't have to put that in my mouth and you just go ahead and do it anyway. Or you intend to cheat. That's a different thing than just accidentally slipping up on some carbs, you know, and I'm not trying to be religious about it. Nothing like that. It's just that that's my mindset, man. People wonder how I got where I'm at. I got where I'm at because I choose not to cheat. Yeah, you know, 100%, I'm, man. I'm at places every day. At work, man, uh, I work at a security desk, and uh, it's my plush retirement job. I love it, man. Um, everybody's like, uh, you know, why are you doing this, man? You could be doing this. I could go back and work for the federal government again at a much, much higher wage, but I'm happy being a retired federal employee at 51 years old, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm able to do what I want to do. If I want to quit this job, I can quit this job, sit in my pool all day. I did that for two years. I sat in my pool and I got bored. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So, but the thing is, brother, it's like, no, man, it's time for me to give back, you know, from where people like you have poured into my life and you didn't even know you were doing it. That's what's so cool about it. You know, I sent you an email to thank you because Danny and I and Brian were talking about you. I said, man, let me let this brother know how much I appreciate him because I consider you a brother, even though I've never met you, because we have that same mindset and we talk about this. We talk the same way about things. We have the same dedication about things in certain areas. And so I said, let me tell this brother how, you know, just thank him, you know. And uh, I don't want it to come through Danny. So I'm going to send him an email. And then I was shocked when you you were like, hey, man, uh, might want to talk to you. And I was like, wow, that's awesome, man. But, brother, I just can't thank you enough, man. People don't give you enough thanks. I know that you don't even want to take it. But, brother, you got to take it from me because I really thank you, man. I really do. I, I mean, I'm almost tearing up a little bit. I'm not afraid to talk about my emotions a little bit. I thank you because there's been things that have, that have been said on your podcast that have helped me doing this thing. I remember early on, man, I was really struggling with the lack of strength. And and I don't remember the episode, but you, it seemed like every time I would be going through something, you'd have a podcast on that freaking topic. That was so funny. And that week, you would have a podcast on it. Like, I was the lack of strength, man. I didn't know about the whole lack of strength thing on keto. And I thought really thought something was wrong with me. I thought I was dying or something. And then you were like, oh, no, it'll, it'll come back. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to trust the process. And three months later, man, I, all of a sudden, it was like I walked in the gym, and all of a sudden, I put three, 335 on the bar. Uh, I, I had already done half my workout. I put 335 on there just to see. I pushed it up super easy. Now I put 365 on there. I put 385 on there. And I was like, what the heck? It was like all of a sudden, nowhere, out of nowhere, my strength came back. You know, And it was exactly how you guys had talked about it on your show. So never, never, never look past the fact, man, that you're helping people. You bless people every day, man. Uh, people see when, how you talk about Crystal and the things she's doing and how she's doing, man. That stuff is important, brother. Hey, man, you got me tearing up over here. I appreciate it more than you know, man. Like, like you said, I don't, I don't do it ever expecting anything out of it. I don't, I don't expect anybody, you know, to give thanks or anything. But when, when I do get that, like when I got that email from you or just listening to you talk right now like man that hits me harder than than anything that hits me harder than anything like just simply knowing that you know that the time i'm putting towards these this content you know these podcasts these posts these videos is actually making an impact on somebody's life for the better 
Like that, I mean, you can't even put a price on that, brother. That that yeah. means more to me. That that adds value to my life. That gives me a reason to live. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why I do it, man. But I'm, that's the reason I'm telling you that because, you know, I know that in your position, there's there's times when you're like, man, what am I doing this for? You know, I could be just spending more time with Crystal and and or spending more time on this or this or that or different other things, but it's helping people, man. It's helping people. Like you always say, you know, if I can only if I can only reach one, if I only help one, you, I've heard you say that darn near it seemed like every podcast, you know, when you're talking to someone. And let me tell you something, you've helped me. And by helping me, I'm now helping 30 or 40 people. And just imagine if those 30 or 40 people just help one and those 30 or 40 people just help one. You know, it becomes exponential. That's why it's a freaking movement, man. And it's funny because yeah. like it's just a diet, you know, it's just a, it's just a, the foods you're eating. But. That diet, that lifestyle, that community that surrounds that lifestyle is the freaking vehicle that allows us to have a monumental effect on bettering mm. people's lives. Like if that one little variable is changed and that switch is flipped and it helps people see things differently, but then that leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing, and their whole life starts improving. I mean, I mean, just think about that for a second. That's like freaking unmeasurable power right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then, like I said, it's, you can see it in practice at, at just where I work at. I won't even go around anywhere else, but just where I work at. Because, like I said, one guy came up and looked at me and was like, wow. And then he went down and started. Then two or three people looked at him and started. Just in my building alone, you know, the message that you bring out has affected people. Just in my building alone, it's changed lives. You got people that are going to live longer in my building that were probably on their way to heart attacks and other melodies um, just because you decide to put out content, just because Brian and Danny decide to post on Facebook and Instagram, just because you just, you go to these conferences, you know, um, and, and, and you talk to people or you, or you just go around the world and you talk to people or you train people, man, brother, that, that's like, uh, that's just paying it forward to the nth degree. And I love it, man. I love it. And and I just want to do my part here locally. If, if I decide to go on and do, I'm blessed that I have a, I have the ability that if I want to, uh, within two years, I'll be financially to the point to where I'll be able to just decide if I want to go into this deal and start doing something like what you're doing. Um, I can, you know, because I'll be almost debt free except for a house, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just blessed. Coming from the hood, man, I never thought I'd own a house, let alone be almost debt-free and be able to do. I really don't have to go back to work right now. I could quit my work because I put myself in a position financially uh, at 51 to where most people wish they were at 65, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if I decide to go down that road, I'm just going to lean on guys like you who've done it. I'm not going to go and try to recreate the wheel, <laughs> you know. I'm going to say, hey, hey, uh. Hey, Keita uh, Savage. Hey, man, uh, tell me how you did this, brother. What, what, point me in the right direction. I'll do the work. Just point me in the right direction. Hey, man, well, I, I'm still learning every day myself, man. I don't have it all figured out. I know out by it's any so means. funny when I hear you talk to like Keto Connect and and oh, oh man, I gotta say props up to them too. Don't don't let me because I know you interviewed them a little while back too. Um, and when I say a little while, think remember that I really listen to your podcast daily for a long time Mm -hmm. you know so it wasn't like i went from the beginning so you could have interviewed them a year ago and i didn't know it you know what i mean uh i just to me the podcast was last week or whatever but i listened to the keto connect one and how you get i I actually watch them a lot on youtube too 
and Matt and Mega, man. And I just sent them an email thanking them. I sent them an email the same day I sent you an email thanking them. And uh, because as far as like the recipes and stuff that they do. And then they're like just regular folk too, you know. And, and uh, so I put a lot of people onto them too. Because, man, we got to sort of spread that word. We can't be afraid to um, share the other people that are out there doing this stuff. Um, we can't get like a lot of these corporations that want to hide and keep all the secrets, man. We got to spread this deal. We got to be willing to open it up. I mean, you keep your proprietary stuff and stuff like that, but I'm talking about just as far as the general tenets of keto, that's free. Man, every, everything is free, man. Like, I don't hide yeah. nothing from anybody. Like, I think oh, I it all I, comes I back full you. circle, and I have nothing to hide. Like, I, I'll. Oh, that's what I love about you, <laughs> man. Uh, you see some people in this keto sphere that I, I get away from them because I'm like, uh, you're, you're no better than Big Pharma, Big Food, and whatever, because you're taking the advantage of these people's mindset trying to get healthy, and all you're caring about is the profit. You're not really caring about them. Mm-hmm. But um, you should be able to make a profit and still care about people. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But the main thing is what I like about you and, and Brian and some of these other people, man, uh, and Danny is, you're doing the thing because you really care. Yeah, you may make a little bit of money on the side because of it, but um, you know there should be something paid for you. The Bible teaches us to that uh, that that if you work, you eat. You know, and so you're putting this work in. You should get paid for it, man. I mean, eh, ain't nothing wrong with that. But the main thing is you care, and and uh, that's what I love about you, man. And 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 I appreciate that. And. And uh, as we say in the army, man, you know, keep rolling along, brother. And uh, and and if you ever need me, I'm here in Alabama, man. All you got to do is holler. Hey, man. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll come to Alabama. I'll spend some time there, and we'll we'll go we'll go get a lift in. I'll work on my bench press, and I'll get you working on that deadlift. All right, man. <laughs> I got to get this hernia fixed first, man. I've been I've been I've got a hernia, and that's what shocks everybody, because I still bench press so much. But laying down doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's the uh, standing movements that bother me in the squats, and so I haven't really worked my legs in a long time. Thank God I was blessed with huge legs, so they've atrophied some, but they still look big compared to, to compared to other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, you know, well, but, get that um, healed up first and foremost, man. Yeah, that, and that's what I'm gonna do, uh, you know. But I'm waiting on the VA system because uh, I make them put their work in for me because I put the work in for this country. So, um, so I make them do it and I haven't had the bad experiences that everyone else had with the VA, you know, and actually my doctor actually is pro keto. He doesn't say it, but he doesn't, he just tells me to keep doing what I'm doing. He doesn't advocate for it. He's so happy because he's been dealing with me since I was 35 and he's mad at me every time I come in because I'd always put 10 pounds on and blood sugars was up. When I walked in that first day, brother, my blood work changed so much in a month and a half on keto that he thought they compromised my blood work. He made them go back and and redo my blood work because he wow. thought my blood work was wrong. That's how bad my blood work had been for 15 years. And he looked at me and he almost, it, I, I really to this day, you can't tell me any different. He had tears in his eyes because he, had, he really cares and he had been trying to get me to lose weight and to 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 change course for 15 years and i can tell you honestly man he had just gave up over the last five years he gave up Mm -hmm. you know 
he gave up because he thought I was literally not doing anything he told me to do. And now I can just about guarantee you he will probably because I, I slid in some keto literature yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, some studies and stuff. And I can just about guarantee you that he may he may tell somebody under the table, won't you try this? I got a guy or, or and I told him, hey, man, give people my number. I don't care. I gave him my number. Give people my number. I will help them off the book so you don't have to get in trouble. I will help them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, but it, yeah, but one more last thing, man. If I can, uh, I just want to give shout out to all my brothers and sisters in arms, man. Uh, you know, from the SEAL teams to the to the uh, Rangers and and all of the um, all of the military personnel, male or female or whoever, man, around the world, um, man. The the army is undergoing an epidemic of of uh, of weight and unhealthiness too. And that's another area that I'm playing. I'm thankful that I work in a, a headquarters command and I'm, I'm able to talk to our generals every day. And that's one of the subjects that I'm broaching with them. Uh, I was actually talking to our three star yesterday about uh, about keto. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that um, we're going to be able to, you know, because that's how you can do it. If you can talk to those guys, they can start looking at some army wide. And um, and so that's going to be my next the next hurdle I'm going to tackle is to try because I look at the army now, man. When I was in the army, there was nobody was fat. You only had a few people that was in the fat boy program. That's what we called it back then. I know it's not politically correct, but uh, we weren't politically correct back then. If you were fat, you, you know, you were dealt with. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm sitting in that headquarters building, man, so many people are walking around that are just fat in uniform. And I'm like, oh, he'll be kicked out the army next week or she'll be kicked out next week. They're there and they're like, oh, no, they let us stay in now. And I'm like, what? How are you going to run away from someone trying to stick you with a bayonet if you're fat? Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How can you, how can you march up a hill or march 20 miles, man, if you're fat? You just can't do it. So anyway, man, that's on my soapbox. I had to get that one in there because no, uh, for sure, man. Like we we appreciate y'all, and I mean, like like you said, I mean, yeah, I mean, we I can't put into words how much I appreciate what y'all put into it. Yeah, well, if I had known any different, man, and I don't say this to many people, man, I would have swore that you had been in the military, man, because um, you just have that mindset. Your mindset is no different than a person that's that's on one of the teams or something like that. Because the main thing, the thing that you learn, people don't understand that the human body, the majority of the trials and tribulations that you go through is mental. Mm -hmm. It's nothing physically. Your physical body can do. I heard you actually talk about this a couple of weeks ago. You can do so much with your human body. Um, You know, that's why when these guys go through SEAL team training, the guys that fall out are not done physically. They're done mentally. You're in that cold water, 40 degrees and 50 degrees. You're thinking you're going to die. When you're sitting up there, got an instructor that's dealing with you who's went through what you did. He didn't die. So that means that it's a mental thing. And that's how they weed them out. They don't weed them out physically. You can do more physically. It's the mental thing. And it's the same thing with keto. When people tell me that they can't do without a certain food, I say, no, what what you're telling me now is that you don't understand the truth. The truth is you're addicted. And you need to deal with that addiction. I have very little tolerance for excuses and stuff for that very reason, because yeah, you know, it is all mental. I had this one guy said, excuses are nails that build a house of failure. Mm-hmm. And I've, that has been my mantra all year. My daughters will tell you 
when when you start when you start making excuses in my house, like don't tell me you're gonna be, don't tell me you're late. If you're five minutes late, uh, I mean, if you're five minutes early, you're ten minutes late. You should be somewhere about fifteen minutes. Try to be fifteen minutes prior. That way, if something happens to the person or whatever, you're there early. You know, and you can mill around after that. And that's always been my mantra, man. That's how I raise my kids. Um, just teach them how to be responsible. But I don't want to hear all these excuses, man. Um, you know, I don't even allow myself to make excuses. If I suck, I just suck. Yeah, I agree, man. And especially with, like, nutrition. Like, so many people have a goal, and they let little bitty stupid things keep them from that goal, and they make excuses around it. It's like you are, like, whatever you have in life or don't have in life is 100% your fault. That's kind of like my mantra. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you, brother. I'm taking a sip of water. I'm sorry. No. I, I did cardio. I had just done cardio right when I called you. Uh, right when I, I, when I was getting ready to do this thing, I said, "Oh, I got time to go get my cardio in now." Instead of doing it afterwards, <laughs> and uh, so and it's pretty hot. So I was trying to get it a little bit before it got too hot. So uh, uh, I just went around for about an hour before I got on here. So and I've been trying to sneak a drink every now and then, man. But I had to take one in. I'm starting to really get it. No, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> Um, well, cool, man. Where, where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, I'm Ron Big Black Garrett on Instagram, and then uh, I think that will just take you, and you can get find me on Facebook, Ron D. Garrett on Facebook, I think it is. But if you go to Instagram, Ron Big Black Garrett, my wife will kill me if I don't get it right. So, and uh, and and I'm following you, so I guess I guess they could. Uh, I don't know how that deal works. But I'm learning, man. Just if people will just be patient with me, um, I'm gonna learn this whole Instagram deal. My wife is sort of mentoring me now, man. We just did a bad spot where she's real busy and she's not able to sit down with me and learn these things. And and it's not that hard. It's just that we just don't have time because I'm working, and then if I'm not working, I'm at the gym. And if I'm not at the gym, I'm helping somebody with keto. You know, so I don't <laughs> I don't have a lot of free time. I'll, I'll but, link out to it. Make it easy. Yeah, yeah, but but it's Ron Big Black Garrett, and how I got that name, I'll tell you real quickly how I got that name. Um, there used to be this show called Robin Big on, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, you probably know that show. Well, I used to be a bouncer. When I was in the Army, I was a bouncer, and um, and so just as a funny thing, my daughter used to call, my oldest daughter, Mariah, used to call me Big Black, and uh, that's how I got that nickname, and it just stuck over the years. And then I, as I got bigger and bigger and bigger, well, the name really stuck, you know, Big Black. And so that's my nickname. Everybody that knows me around here, they'll say, hey, Black or Big Black or, you know, so that's how I got that nickname. And the name, the nickname for my house is Silverback. They like to call me Silverback. And my oldest daughter, of course, she's a character. She's the one <laughs> that named me that. And I'll tell you real quickly how I got that name. Uh, I'm a, I love those animal shows, mm-hmm. you know, the nature shows. And I love primates. I love gorillas and, and monkeys. Well, I was watching this one on some of these big gorillas, and I was eating at the same time. And I, when I eat my, when I used to be eat my Popeyes chicken, no one gets in front of me, you know. And I don't let nobody have my chicken, you know. <laughs> and so I was sitting there watching the TV, and I'm sitting on the couch, and the TV is in front of me with the gorillas on TV eating, and he's guarding his food. My wife and my daughter were snickering over here to the side. I'm like, what are y'all laughing about? She said, Dad, look up. It looked up, man, when I was looking into the TV. It was almost like I was looking back in the mirror. And ever <laughs> since, and it was a big silverback gorilla. And ever since then, she's called me the silverback. 
And uh, so it was so funny, though. What was so funny was, fast forward to last week, my wife said, we're not going to be able to call you Silverback much longer. She said, because you're not, you don't, you're not as wide like that anymore. And that was a cool thing to hear, you know. And so I'll probably always have that nickname, but uh, but I, I'm not going to look like a silverback for too much longer. So hey, you still be big black, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll still be big black. That ain't going nowhere, man. That ain't going nowhere. That's my nickname. So yeah, good, love it, man. I love it. Well, cool, brother. I'll I'll uh, post the links to everything. Get more people sending sending your way, and you help more people like you are right now, and making the world a better place, man. It's been nothing but a pleasure talking to you, and yeah, uh, yeah let's Same definitely here, keep in brother. touch, man. Like this. I don't know, you got me all teary-eyed for a second there. Like, anything I can do to help you, you let me know. <laughs> I will, brother, and I, I thank you, man. And like I said, man, I'm going to do my best to support you. I'm going to send I'm gonna send people to your way, man. And and and, and, I, and like I said, I, apologize. I thought I was following you on, on, on everything, man, but uh, my wife said, yeah, you're not even following him. She was following you, and I wasn't. <laughs> and I just thought I thought I was. And and uh, But I point, especially the people that are, lifting and stuff like that man um i always point them to your podcast and to your youtube um because visual is more than anything man and i'm so impressed with what you've done keto wise and then like i said i can look at you and tell the muscle is real it's not that it's not that water pumped up muscle mm-hmm. it's real muscle and people people that don't bodybuild don't understand what you've done i fully appreciate what you've done brother because it's like um, now it's easy for you, but in the beginning it had to be very hard. You know? Yeah, and it was, man. See, like kind of like what you were saying earlier, just living by example. You know, like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep bodybuilding. I'm gonna bodybuild until the day I can't lift the weight anymore, and I'm gonna <laughs> keep the keto that whole time too. I don't have the desire to sneak in any carbs, and I'm just gonna uh, lead by example. And if I'm freaking yeah. 75 years old, Jack, and still keto, then I'll have done something right, and hopefully inspired others to do the same. All right, brother. Ron, Big Black, Garrett, man, we'll talk to you soon, brother. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Take care, buddy.